Hello, welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. If you haven't already, go check out my new website. You can view the latest episode, fan favorites, and even submit a question to our future guests. You can visit the website at Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Dot my dot canva dot site. The song you just heard is Hillbilly Deluxe by Brooks and Dunn, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Chris Dardanes. Chris is a graduate of Oak Park River Forest High School and a three-time All-American for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. After competing with the Hawkeye Wrestling Club, Chris began his coaching career as a volunteer assistant at South Dakota State. Chris now is the head coach of the Perry Blue Jays in Iowa. Chris is actually gearing up to host his Dardanes trained three-day camp. It runs June 29th through July 1st, and they have housing available for those traveling from out of town. You can find the link to register for the camp in the show notes. With that being said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy Chris Dardanes. Did you ever switch with Nick? Did you like ever do something that he was supposed to do, but you did it instead? Or vice yeah, versa? It was, uh... It wasn't like we weren't swapping girlfriends or nothing like that. <laughs> or going to class or yeah, swap going in class for each other. But I, the one time, and I, I'll tell this story. Even um, yeah, even after like after my career, because it was the Super Thirty Two tournament, and we we both went down there, and you know, it was far away from our from where we were from, and um, me and Nick were at the same weight classes you know, there's hundreds of kids, there's over a hundred kids in these brackets and we've lined up together like in the blood round. So we flipped a coin because we couldn't wrestle. We didn't start fighting on the mat, you know? So we flipped a coin and then he won, he, he, he won the coin flip, moved on from the tournament. He beat, um, kid from Ohio, I think he was like in, he went to the university of Ohio and then he, he sprained his ankle and my dad was down there, you know, and he, he was like, no, we, we, we traveled all this way. You know, we didn't have any tattoos at the time. The only thing we had to do is switch our shoes. So, we, yeah. so I wrestled for Nick, I wrestled <laughs> for Nick at the super 32 tournament. And I, yeah, I wrestled Eric Spute his name. I think he was a Virginia tech kid. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I, I ended up beating him. I ended up beating him, but it was Nick, you know, Eric spute in the rankings and then me. So it was <laughs> like, I'm like, Nick, that's, that's BS, man. That's my, <laughs> that's my spot. <laughs> that's funny. So it was, uh, it was a pretty big, you know, preseason tournament where we decided to switch, but was, <laughs> that was probably the one time, one time we switched. <laughs> How did he sprain his ankle? With, I, I assume he was competing. And he yeah. yeah, he couldn't walk very well. And it's like, all right. Was that the only time you guys like competed against each other? 
freestyle states in Illinois competed against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, other than that, we just, we try to shy away from each other, you know, yeah. it, was, it was super hyper competitive, you know? Mm-hmm. So did you actually wrestle at freestyle state or did you do the flip a coin or did you do Yeah, like- I wrestled it. I beat him. I beat him. Yeah. So, wow. And no, no fighting, no. I fit. had to rub it. I had to, you know, kind of jab at him a little bit after that. Yeah. Every time he tried to <laughs> tried to punch me or something in the room. But How'd you do at Super Thirty Two then? How How did you finish, Nick? Nick finished. slash Chris. Yeah. We placed like top eight. I think nice. Nick placed top eight. I think it was seventh or eighth. Yeah. Did you guys like, how'd you come to that decision to flip a coin? Like, had you guys talked about it before? Like, if this happens, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. I mean, we could, uh, we could have wrestled, but at the moment we're just like, you know, at that, that tournament, especially you're wrestling a lot of matches. It's like, we're not going to go out there and beat each other up after, you know, six, seven matches wrestling other guys. It's, it's, it was just, kind of something we decided right then uh, okay cool mm-hmm. and, and you're like your dad was cool with it it sounds oh, like he he made he decided it for us he's oh, like put the coin yeah he's like this is out east you know we mm-hmm. didn't travel for many tournaments that was probably the first one of the first preseason tournaments we went to so he's like yeah man we're taking advantage of these matches we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna make sure one of you guys wrestles <laughs> <laughs> i love it you know like yeah why not? You know? know, it's just a name, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, no one knew. <laughs> that's funny. And, you know, I'm sure I, I bet you're not the only ones and you won't be the last ones to to do something like that. That's just that's funny. Do you guys still look like, you know, do you have some mischaracter, not mischaracter? Do you have different characteristics now? Like, does he not have a beard? Yeah, he's, he hair. doesn't have a beard, actually. Yeah, he. um shaved it he's a little bit bigger than me i think he might be taller than me now oh yeah um but yeah if every if we ever decide to wrestle and he tries to alpha me it doesn't matter <laughs> just because i'm the, the younger little brother i'm not backing down dude. <laughs> you know so did your parents get you guys mixed up quite a bit uh once we went to, once we went to college and kind of moved away and we weren't around like my grandparents or aunts or, you know, know, if they didn't see us too often, they would sometimes confuse us. Yeah. Yeah. So we were pretty, pretty identical. Yeah. And what about other siblings? Um, got an older half brother, Mm -hmm. um, younger brother, and then another younger uh, half brother as well. Yeah. Are they jealous that, you know, you guys are like twins? Uh, they weren't, the the older one and then the one uh just younger than us he was a wrestler yeah but they didn't really um well my older brother went to college to wrestle and play football so he kind of got us yeah he kind of got us into the sport i mean at least we were going to practices with him but Mm -hmm. my little brother stopped wrestling after freshman year sophomore year i think yeah so it was just something that you know, we were always doing just us twins, you know, for the most part. Oh, really? So you, it was, I mean, your older brother did it, but then it was you and Nick who really spearheaded the wrestling. In the yeah, I mean, we were just always wrestling. That was just on the lawn, you know, and after football games, I just remember my, at my dad's friend's house, you know, it's just like they would start 
you know, they would start hanging out and probably drinking, having fun. And they'd be like, yeah. Who's, then well, we're going to bet on these twins and see which one wins, I guess. <laughs> my dad would say first takedown and then first takedown would always be 20 takedowns later, you know? <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it was always competitive, man. Always growing up. Yeah. Um, remember the last time we talked, you said something that I wish I would have asked that I want to ask now is you said your mom, you were really uh grateful for your mom because you you went to oak park for just two years your junior and senior year and like you moved and like your mom had to move and you had to find an apartment like i just talk a little bit about that and how that yeah i mean oak park um was a place that was just that felt like uh felt like home i mean we started wrestling there um so it was a place where we always went back to, you know, whether, you know, even if we were training at the first high school, we would sometimes go over there, you know, and, and do an extra workout or, <clears throat> but Oak Park was very, and it was very close to my, our first high school as well. But yeah, it was, it was, there were some hard conversations, you know, cause it was a really, really uh, prestigious kind of Catholic private school. Right. We went to and, um so we didn't really fit in very well there and then and then oak park was yeah it was a we kind of started the like all right we're gonna move here for wrestling and then we we ended up joining the team and we had ellis coleman uh the brooks brothers um so we had yeah i mean those were probably the ones that went to move on for wrestling but yeah once we went there we won their their first team state title you know and then you know you're getting guys like larry early and isaiah white and some other guys that kind of came you know to to move there and and follow that um you know like hey we're gonna go here we're gonna go here to wrestle and it was the the best decision we made but yeah my mom sacrificed a lot we were living uh with her husband and still her husband but it was it was tough on them, you know, it was tough on them. It was tough on us because it was a place that we weren't used to living. And it was just a small little apartment and we went to practice and it was a big, big school. So it was yeah. a place where, you know, if you feel small in those big schools too. Mm-hmm. You know? So it, we just had wrestling friends um, and we went to practice, we went to school and then we went back to the, the apartment did it over and over again for <laughs> two years at least. Yeah, when you say Ellis Coleman, the first thing that comes to mind, I'm sure for everybody else listening is uh the flying squirrel. Yeah. Oh man, that's on yeah, on YouTube. Look up Ellis Coleman flying squirrel and what a move, man. He really did uh shock the world, but he was also like he he was the by, by far one of pound for pound one of the strongest best wrestlers I've ever just real giant hands strong grip athletic strong he somehow got to like a weight class that was like a little bit of I think it was the weight class above me but he felt like a eighty five pounder you know mm-hmm. like so tough we the only time I could get him was after like forty five minutes of me and Nick you know just hand fighting him and stuff <laughs> yeah. but. He would beat me up, man. I remember the first time or 
I remember the mo- one of the most embarrassing stories in practice was he had me in like a splatle and held me there for like 10 minutes. And he was like yelling around the room, you know, and like spanking me. And I'm like claustrophobic. I can't breathe. I'm like, well, get this, get off me. I'm like yelling, get him off me. And yeah, man, he, he would battle though. Like I, when I was at that first high school, I wrestled him in the regionals and he, uh, really? Yeah, I mean, he we were we were always battling for since we were, we were little kids. But like sophomore year, I think he wrestled me in regionals and beat me up. And then he talked about it in the paper, like the I think it might have been you know like the Chicago whatever Tribune or whatever. And he's yeah. He mentioned how the workout after the match was tougher than the actual match itself, and I was just livid, man. Like because we would. Yeah, he was throwing the bag around and doing sprints and stuff. And he he mentioned that. And then and then I, I kept it to like a one or two point match after that. Yeah. It's finally teammates with him. So <laughs> it was an interesting friendship there. But he was yeah, we were close, man. He was he, yeah, but he beat me up. We beat each other up. Yeah. You know, speaking of him being one of the pound for pound toughest kids. Strongest kids. Um, I was watching your match with Ryan Taylor, your senior year at the Big Tens. And Jim Gibbons said you and him, you and Ryan Taylor were, he said pound for pound, probably the strongest guys in at the tournament. Yeah. Were you like, were you pretty strong? Like, what were you lifting? Well, yeah, I mean, I was, I wasn't too big on lifting, but we did lift a lot in Minnesota, but I, I just, I got down, I sweat like crazy. You know, I would lose uh, like eight or nine pounds sometimes in a warm up before a weigh in, you know, like what? Yeah. I remember that uh, uh, just, a, well, just a little bit ago, I was at Iowa state's campus and the Minnesota kid that was the freshman who was an all American was getting recruited there. And I saw, oh, yeah. I saw him and I met him for the first time. And he's like, yeah, you really get, you know, like, Oh, Dardanes, you're the guy that, uh, you know, would lose all this, lose like 10 pounds before weigh-in and i'm like <laughs> that's what i'm known for is the guy that loses all this weight but i uh i did i believed in it wasn't really a, it, it, it was hard but it was something that i was just used to doing and it kept me more disciplined and meaner on the mat you know i i uh i really did you know believe in in the getting getting lean and holding that water, feeling thirsty, and then put some salt water back in, and I was always able to perform. I don't know. I I never never cramped. I never really had, a, a you know, an excuse for losing weight and feeling like crap on the mat. I was always just, all right, let's get it done. And then the weight cut was the hard part. The wrestling was the fun part. So mm-hmm. was, but, yeah, I always – I got down. I got down to that weight, and it was something that I – I thought was made me stronger and more kind of meaner. Meaner. Yeah. I mean, for, for us, I mean, we were basically trying to, you, you wrestle the majority of the match on your feet, you know, mm-hmm. so you got to, I wanted to make sure I was always holding the center of the mat and adding a lot of snaps in my matches. So you, you know, those snaps are, you're, you're mean, you gotta be mean when you're doing mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, with you cutting weight, though, you bumped up to 41 mm-hmm. as a junior. 
So you wrestled yeah. 33, 33, 41, and then 33. Why'd you make that jump your junior year? We had uh, six of us, um, lower weights, all meet with J-Rob and Agam and Becker, and we just thought it was the best thing for the team. Um, and it it was. I mean, Dave Thorne, All-American that year. Um, I don't know if that was the year we were right behind Penn State, but um, – I think it might, I think it was, I think it was that year. And my brother was the two seed. He ended up losing at the uh, national tournament first round, but at 141, it was kind of like the things I was talking about. I didn't feel as disciplined. Um, you know, it's not an excuse, but it was something that I never went up a higher weight and, and performed very often, you know? So it was, that was something that we that uh we we talked about and was best for the team, and we that's why I went to Minnesota. Those guys, I, we were so loyal, and everybody on that team was extremely loyal. Like the Thorn brothers, we were talking about Zilverberg had brothers. He was in that meeting. Ness Ness was in that meeting. He had a brother Jason. So it was a very family oriented program, and that's. I feel like that's kind of dwindling nowadays, you know, I mm-hmm. that loyalty is, uh, I mean, that's, that's the reason why I went there. Those, those teammates. So we're, we were going to do whatever, you know, was best for the team. Who wrestled 25 that year? Do you remember? I didn't see, I didn't see somebody who made the national tournament. So that's why I was kind of curious why you even made the jump in the first place. Yeah. Dave tried to make 25. I remember. And it, he was, struggling but it gotcha. might have been sam brankel okay kingsley um gosh i'm my memory's <laughs> i think it was either sam brankel or, or kingsley i think that took that that spot yeah so part of it was so david could wrestle 33 and it wasn't too much of a strain on him yeah and my brother he didn't mind going up a weight either. He performed very, very well as at a higher weight. And I, I had a great, I had a pretty good season. Mm-hmm. I lost to uh, Mitchell Port, I think, from in the round in the in the blood round that year. And he was just a solid opponent. And, but yeah, otherwise that was the year that that we were close to Penn State, but uh, but yeah, just underperformed those last. Those last two days or one day, you know, the national yeah. But. yeah, and what's like? I know you say, and it gets it happens a lot where people say they underperform, but I mean, dude, the tournament is so freaking tough. You know, I know expectations for everybody, and like for yourself, you're like you have high expectations, but holy cow, it's it's. You go on that backside. My dad and I talk about it. My brother, like, you want to stay on the front side because once you go on the backside, it's it's a buzzsaw. Yeah, and I, really I just, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It but. is it is a tough word, though. I mean, you you obviously every year I underperformed because my expectation was I wanted to be the best at the weight. You know? Right, right. But you look at like. Uh, I got caught on my back the first match, you know, at the NCAA or at the uh, second round or third round. And then I had to come back and lost by like one point, you know, so it's just that tournament is insane. I mean, it's a lot of 
trying to record your thoughts down and making sure that your 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 thoughts match your actions and then your mentality before the matches are you you know to where it's you building that routine and then you're following the same strategy and if you go off that strategy then things unravel man your mind starts going all over the damn place like like my brother was a two seed he beat that kid early in the year and just clobbered him you know like beat him up but it was one you know mental error or thought process that didn't go the way he planned and then all of a sudden you're losing against you're losing against a guy that you should beat i mean that happens all the time there it's just you got to be ready man Right. And that's why it's so tough to just, you know, as, as the athlete like yourself, you know, it's, it's easier for you to be like, yeah, I underperformed or whatever, but me as a fan, I try to be like, it's just, that's tough. You know, like, I don't want to say you underperformed or I don't want to say you did this or that because I'm not in your shoes. I'm not the one that's out there doing it. So just try to be a little more kind to the athletes because you never know what they're going through or, obviously when sure. just as much as everybody but sure. it's it's yeah, i guess that was the wrong word it's just what it wasn't the outcome you know like we were at minnesota we were ranked preseason we were ranked number one at one point but it's mm-hmm. then you got to talk about the rankings you know and it's every um you know critic is going to say underperform overperform because that's what the fans want to hear they want to know right right speeding they want to know about what you did with this guy before that you should have beat this guy you shouldn't have beat this guy but at the end of the day it doesn't matter you know like you try and you know like if, if i'm in a high school right now i only and i tell my my athletes all the time like i only care about you guys i only know what you guys are capable of i you know i don't know much else and you know as the teams get better and better throughout the year i'm going to do more research mm-hmm. watch more film but i'm like you guys should have high expectations man because we work our asses off you know there shouldn't be a doubt you know and you try and just let them or try and convince them of that um even you know even though there's doubt all the time going through your head and you know, every day, daily, is, am I going to finish through this practice? Am I able to do this? And, but you got the belief and the mentality, man. That's that's the most important. How'd you deal with that, you know, doubt or whatever, you know, that might have creeped in or your belief that maybe you weren't good enough? I mean, as a junior, yeah, you were up a weight, but I'm sure your mentality was still the same that I got to you know, I want to be the best at the weight and then to not even come away with an all American that you had the two years before, you know, I only got one shot left. I mean, there's just so many thoughts that can just roll in that just can knock you down. I think a lot of it has to do with the routine, Um, you know, figuring out what you need, being extremely consistent with that. And then another thing like I added with my because I have camps now, I'll add like a mantra, like a kid has to try and like it's like a inspiration or, um, you know, like a, a Bible verse or a quote, you know, and then it's um, things that what's going to keep you the most offensive and then what's going to have you start the match the strongest, you know, because if you're starting, if you're starting the match real strong, you know, it's then you're then you're kind of rolling a little bit more and and trying to find that mantra to where 
you talk about that self-talk or a lot of athletes talk about that self-talk, but it's just talking to yourself before the match and trying to keep that the most consistent and what's fine tuning it throughout your, throughout your uh, wrestling career. And then trying to keep things as simple as it possibly can and just going out there and yeah. Cause once you start overthinking, that's when, that's when you lose, you know, that, that's right away why I lost in my semifinal match, my senior year, you know, I just was overthinking. I wasn't able to stick with that mantra or stick with that self-talk. I just was doubting myself during the match. And it's, it's easy to slip into that. You know, it's trying to be consistent with that, with those, with that self-talk, you know, that helped me a lot. Yeah. You know, and back when, you know, back in the day when you were competing, there wasn't like, you know, I think a big thing we talk about is social media, you know, like there wasn't that back in the day. I mean, when we wanted to go get rankings, that's all we could get. There were, there were some message boards out there, I guess, in Iowa, but yeah, there was, there wasn't as much chatter as there is now, you know, and now you have to deal with that as a coach with your athletes that has to be difficult to say the least. I don't, I, I'm not a big proponent of, doing it for those reasons you know so that was like one of the stories that um like the the next batch of recruits after our minnesota class they had you know instagram you know and they would i remember there's a bunch of them there's like four or five of them that took pictures after practice you know and i was you know yelling at them this ain't you know we're not here for this right right we would do they would uh i remember after our tournament we had warm-ups and they took our our sweaty warm-ups out of the hamper and wore and like took pictures with it you know in the locker room they weren't even starters yet you know and some of these guys were they actually ended up you know being all american or whatever but it was just that that eye-opening experience of like hey this is a different kind of kid now this is they're doing it for reasons that are different than we went to school for um that's not to say that the wrong reasons it's just saying be careful you know like this is this is a sport where you know you you don't need to always videotape you could go into a dark place and find your edge there and um you know it's a poor man's sport you don't need much to to get better you know in in the sport but i think it's kind of changing to a you know, like they want shiny things now. They want a picture, you know, they want uh, to have a lot of followers to win a match, you know, and I think you just, you just got to be careful walking that line, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, how do you, how do you balance that with your athletes? Do you talk to them about it at all? Or is it something you bring up? Um, I mean, obviously just being careful, but having boundaries with it, you know, mm-hmm. um, making sure that they're not bringing their phone in the room um and then trying to to follow up with you know with the with how they're representing themselves you know if that that's ever the case and i i really haven't dove too deep into it um with my guys yet but yeah that's what people are looking at now man it's they'll just go straight to that for interviews or recruiting or you know like you can learn a lot about a kid with with their social media, but <laughs> mostly it's if, if they're working out or if they're, you know, doing things at, at the, 
for for wrestling wise i'm like okay, whatever that's fine yeah. if, you, if you want to do it you do it but um definitely taking it away from from them before they you know go into the practice room or if they're you know consumed with it at night you know tell them remind them turn off your dang phones mm-hmm. but yeah now you mentioned you know you do camps um what's up with the camps are you doing them uh is it dardane's trained is that what it's called yeah dane's trained and they come when is it june july august or yeah june 29th and through july 1st and uh yeah it's just my twin brother and i and then zach sanders so we'll we'll, we'll call each other the triplets because <laughs> i went to minnesota and he you know he took me under his wing so he's he's at the camp and hopefully we can keep having him coming and then um you know my roommate he um he actually got me to Perry. He called Cody Caldwell, and uh, and then I met up with the the youth parents here. And but he's been around helping, so he's been you know tremendous help. And but yeah, the the starts with the camps, and then trying to get a system for if anybody else wanted to you know like any of the parents that wanted to help with the practice, trying to find ways to um you know keep it going to where like this camp's called one percent better camp Mm -hmm. just trying to make sure kids are making sure they're trying to get a little bit better every day and it requires a lot of help and a lot of people on board but um yeah just doing one camp in iowa otherwise we're kind of traveling around me and my brother go to well i'm going to south dakota next week and then north carolina i'll go back to chicago and do another camp so just kind of I'm still living that lifestyle. I, I did it throughout college with J Rob, you know, and um just gonna continue, continue doing it. Is it like uh so the one I guess specifically here in Iowa, the one um it's a how many day camp? It's just three days, yeah. Three days. Um is it all day? And is it like yeah, a it's, heat? Most, yeah, most it's, I think it's like 16, 17 hours of wrestling. It's mostly drilling and technique. And then there's one hour alive mm-hmm. at the end of each day. And they're, they're getting beat up and they're doing, mm-hmm. they're doing a lot all day. Um, and then trying to, you know, have them think about their goals and try and establish a mantra. Cause I think that's, that's very important. Me and my brother and Zach talk about that a lot. You know, every, every person should, should have that kind of those simple guidelines for yourself and um, something to go back on if the match ain't going your way or if you're out of bounds or if you're, um, you know, uh, if if it's not going your way, man, stick to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, let me turn that on to you and see what, what are your goals? You know, we always ask our athletes uh, what their goals are, but as a coach, what, what are your goals and what are you doing to yourself to help you reach your own goals? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, man. I, cause I, it's like you climb a hill, you know, in your wrestling career, and then you kind of got to go back down to the bottom again and then figure out, you know, how, how you're going to keep getting better within the, the coaching realm and trying to find the system kind of thing where, you know, like I've learned a lot about myself with coaching youth kids, um, 
you know, and then you got middle school and then you got high school. And that's the reason why I went back to high school is because I think it's the most critical years of your life. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, as, as a young kid, it was important for me too, but um, those habits, those, those things are, you know, super critical. Um, Cause I stuck with those same, same kind of habits and the same kind of strategies in my high school days when I, you know, when, went to Minnesota, I stuck with that, with the things that I was pretty good at, but yeah, fi- trying to find a practice routine, um, a, w- a way for a kid to, you know, get in the weight room and, uh, uh, you know, train year, year round. I mean, even though, you know, these kids, it's not, it's not allowed in this state, but if I'm going to be around um, this town, it's going to be, Hey, I'm going to be around the high school kids. I'm going to be around the youth kids. I'm going to be around the middle school kids and I'm going to find a way to do it, um, you know, within the parameters I have, but yeah, practice plans, um, having those written out, um, you know, delegating that with, with people and trying to make, or within the parents that are helping the youth kids and trying to make sure that it looks a certain way. Um, you know, private individual sessions to where there's a progression plan with, you know, their most dominant shot, um, whether they want to, you know, shoot to both sides of the body that might happen earlier, uh, earlier within the, you know, like uh, the kid's wrestling career, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to, trying to uh, learn both sides, both sides of the body. And then, um, yeah, just trying to, trying to find those small increments to where the kids could, could gain that confidence, know they're getting better, um, making sure they're not having shoulder problems, making sure they're not getting out of shape and, and not coming around as much, you know? So, uh, but yeah, it's a challenge. My, my goals were to be to, to just keep the same kids coming around the room. Um, find those, find those kids that want to work and then making sure that they're getting better from a, a technical standpoint and, you know, strength and uh, mental standpoint, but yeah, trying to get that written down, you know, fine tuning that to where there's a system in place, getting people on board so they understand what you're thinking. Um, and then and then trying to get it bigger and bigger, right? I mean, or yeah. or just sticking with the same guys that that are loyal and then hey, that success will breed breed more success, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you hit the nail on the head when you said like you basically when you're done wrestling, you kind of go back to the bottom of the mountain when you start coaching. And I was thinking the same thing with like even high school to college, you know, nowadays you're seeing a lot more success with freshmen coming in and being a little more college ready, you know? Um, I mean, you came in and got fourth. So, but yeah, it seems like you get to the top of the mountain, you win a state title and then you go back kind of the bottom and you have to start working to the top to climb, to be a national champ. And then, you're done. Then you got to climb back up to be a coach. Dang, you just got to love the grind. It never ends, man. Oh I always gosh. say that. It never ends. And, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the next, next thing is trying to get that, you know, written down, trying to make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, having the kids come, come back and, yeah, just trying to trying to see that progress, you know. And sometimes the progress is just having the kids show up once a week, you know. Right. Like these new kids, 
that just started wrestling, you know, like they just seeing their confidence change, you know, seeing their, you know, them walking around a little different and, and knowing, Hey, you know, this is, it's going to take a, a while before you get good, but Hey, we're, we're believing we're going to get better and you're going to, you're going to keep showing up. And that's where, that's where it becomes pretty special for sure. Yeah. How'd you already have that mindset as a coach? Cause uh, sometimes when you have success as a wrestler, um, you think that that will just automatically translate into success as a coach, because I know what worked, it worked for me. So I'm just going to do the same thing to my athletes and we're going to be good, you know, yeah. but that's not how it works. So how did you have that awareness that, okay, things might take a little more time than, you know, I might expect. Basically just being around the same kid um, for a long period of time and, Mm-hmm. them you know trusting in you you know them 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 asking you for help outside of wrestling you know and then all of a sudden you know they they start uh you know showing you that hey this is okay this is what's going to work you know and then they start showing you on the map you know because mm-hmm. that's what I, I've, I've said it to a couple people but like the character comes out on the map for the most part. So the more that you're around the kid, like when I was around great coaches, you know, I, um, my first coach, he trained me and was by my side for, since I was a little boy, you know, so he, and he didn't do anything for, for any, any pennies, you know, he didn't do any, do it for any money at all, but he, uh, he found a way to, you know, express our character on the map. And it was, it was hard, man. It was like, we had some, some hard, hard, vulnerable conversations, you know, mm-hmm. and I had that with some great athletes, you know, like uh, when I first started wanting to be a coach, I was in the Hawkeye wrestling room, Hawkeye wrestling club. And yeah. uh, like Spencer Lee was the guy I was around a lot, you know, and he had a lot of hard times in that, in that room to where he was young. He had a lot of pressure on him. Um, he didn't always want to be there. And then I was, you know, I was the guy that was there sometimes. And then, you know, I go out to coach him and, you know, he's, he's got that, that much more trust in you as you're coaching him, you know, and he could, he could listen a little bit longer. He doesn't have to get, he doesn't have to, you know, just get frustrated and say, screw this guy. You know, he's actually coming in, you know, learning, learning and appreciating every little bit of it. And South Dakota state was the same way you work. I worked with a couple individuals and, uh, you know, like the lightweight, the lightweight guys and they, you know, they got, they got beat up. They, they, they struggled. There was, there was a lot of ups and downs, but, um, you know, they were consistent and they weren't always ready to go. But when those days that they weren't ready to go, they, got refocused they you know they were telling me some things that were hard going on in their life and then all of a sudden you're coaching them and and they're you know you're really guiding them they're really trusting you um and they're they're showing that effort they're showing their character on the mat so it, it was you know wrestling i, I believe in the sport of wrestling 110 percent. you know mm-hmm. when it comes to 
the profession I'm in. But when you start to really learn learn about the kid and they start really trusting in you and it it goes beyond the sport for sure. Yeah, that was some that's some heavy stuff, like as a coach to carry sometimes, you know, when they're they're being vulnerable with you and you don't know what to say or what to do or how to fix it because you want to because they're your athlete and it's just you feel for them and just I can't imagine being in that in that position where where you're at sometimes, you know. And that's another reason why as I look at athletes and maybe they don't perform the way that they're expected to is like you just said, I mean, they're being vulnerable. They're not a hundred percent. They're saying things that maybe they're going on in their life that nobody else knows. So, you know, when they don't exceed or perform, it's like, well, what's wrong with them? It's like, well, right. But yeah, it's, it's powerful, man. And you know, like Terry brands comes to mind too, just, just because, he wanted everything from you. And then when he told you something, you did it, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you listen to that Henry Cejudo, I did. Podcast, but mm-hmm. that gave me like the chills, man. I was like emotional at that point because mm-hmm. of just the journey, you know, like how much he believed in him, how much he was willing to do and for him to make him believe, you know, and then, then you start to realize this is a lot bigger than yourself. You know, you're going out there and, you know, there's expectations. We got to hold them. This is what is expected. And this is the guy, this is the guy that's in my corner to say, all right, we're going off this, this plan. If we're not acting ourselves, we got, we got this guy to, you know, to, to put us right back on track. Mm -hmm. Man. Yeah. What's, I guess, what's it like, you know, being a coach by Terry or, you know, surrounded by him. He's so, I mean, cause a lot of us see him at, um, you know, the Iowa duels and sometimes he's going off the rails or whatever. He's very vocal or animated. Um, but there's also a lot of stuff we don't see behind the scenes that he does with his athletes, you know? So what's, what's that kind of like? Oh gosh. It was, that was the reason why, you know, like J Rob had a hard time with me and my brother going to Iowa city, but, those twins, you know, those we us twins had to go follow them and figure out what they were, what was going on over there, and you know, just learning from Terry for, you know, three years, I I kind of understood where, you know, it's it's like you're you're gonna go to where you're good, and it's gonna be very very hard, you know, and not everybody's wired like that, you know, like, but. But it's so uh, like for him, it's so black and white, but that's that's kind of what you want as a coach. You know, you want to make sure that you're you're not in a position where you're like, oh, well, what should I do with this guy? It's this is what he's going to do. This is the way we're going to get better. And even if you're working in one position with with Terry, you're going to learn a hell of a lot like like an underhook, like defending a single leg, like those two, those two things right there. I needed help with both of those things. And that, that could last three years. You know, that kind of <laughs> kind of technique could last three years. You, you can't spend enough time in there, you know, and it's, then you could find a tougher opponent there that's better at defending it. And that's your progress. And you're, you're, you're tying your shoes on in that room and you are ready to go. 
you know, it's not like a spar where we're just kind of learning. <laughs> it was like every day we're going to war, you know, and that's the guy to go to war for, you know. It, Terry is by far the best technician, I think, ever, ever, from what I've been around, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you got John Smith and you got Kerry Colat, and I would have loved to learn from those guys too. But I, when it comes to positional wrestling that, you're gonna you know the hard way is the right way like get in here more and make sure you you're going to where he's good you know then it, then you're making the match yours you know and then all of a sudden there's a guy that's better than than you in this position and then hey guess what we're going right back to it you know it's it's it it was an everyday you know for for the two and a half three years i was there was Hey, we're getting better and we're getting stronger. We're gonna get, we're gonna feel it. Some days we'll be injured, but we're still doing something really hard. But um, yeah, that's the, that's the program to be in. That's the guy to to be under. Mm -hmm. Yeah, was that kind of a one eighty from J Rob, or how how were they different? Yeah, I mean it was it was just because J Rob, like during the time when Damian was wrestling you would hear about stories of, you know, like, and even the beginning of my college career, like we would get up really early and stuff. But over the course of my career at Minnesota, it was like, you got to feel ready. Like you're going to, you're going to be pulled back. And uh, me and my brother are going to have to do separate workouts on our own mm. just to, just to get, feel like we're getting a, lot, a little bit more out of it. But they, they wanted us really excited. They wanted us really fresh and uh yeah obviously the in season's different um but um yeah i mean those those in season practices i think were were a little bit a little bit more strenuous at iowa you know mm -hmm. <laughs> and and j rob like D damian was beating up j or uh i mean j rob was beating up damian and then at, <laughs> at that point you would hear these stories and then j rob kind of backed off a little bit i think and you know, and catered to more of like, you know, let, let's be fresh. Let's be excited. You know, let's mm -hmm. not just beat the crap out of these guys over and over again. And, and I think that kind of, you know, towards the end of his career, I think it kind of led towards, towards that. Uh, yeah. Um, what, what went behind the decision for you and Nick to go to Minnesota? Were you looking anywhere else? Were you seriously considering anywhere else? Yeah, we went, we visited Iowa. We actually visited Nebraska first and we committed there. Um, because we, yeah, we, we got, um, you know, offered there and we're like, yeah, of course, of course we're going to take this, you know, like we, we didn't have, you know, too much growing up, but then we're like, all right, we'll take some more visits. And, um, we went to Iowa and Iowa was kind of a, it wasn't that family environment at that point. It was kind of like, you know, the 33 pounders are kind of battling each other. They don't want to hang out as much. And it's more of a competitive kind of team. Mm -hmm. but, um, Minnesota was family, families, you know, we were all hanging out together. Um, you know, the 33 pounders were all together, 41 pounders and Zach Sanders, um, you know, helped me out big time. And, um, it was that teammates, but also the coaches as well. Egan was, great role model and always wanted to know kind of lighten the mood a little bit and he recruited us pretty 
pretty hard too. Yeah. Yeah. Did he recruit you or, or Nick more, you know, it was, it was kind of a package. Uh, I was going to say it's a package deal. So I wonder like if he knew like, all right, I'm, I think Nick likes me more. I'll talk to him more. Just, I know <laughs> if I get Nick, I got Chris. So I guess I never asked him about that, but we were both, we were both excited. We yeah. talked it out as soon as the visit was done and we're like, yeah, this is the place, you know? Mm-hmm. Did, so you, did you both ever have any like disagreement? Like I was thinking about that, you know, that maybe you were kind of more pulled towards Nebraska but he was pulled more towards Minnesota, you know, was that kind of. At one point there was a time where we're like kind of confused, but then, Mm -hmm. but then we, we just talked it over and we're like, this is it, you know, this is it and kind of clicked, you know. You know, uh, you say Minnesota or you said Minnesota was like a family, you know, felt family more like family, I should say, uh, because it was family because they're, what did I say? They're four sets of brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I can't think of other teams that have even that many. Like, no, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And I forgot. Yeah. The Thorns, right? And the yourself. Thorns, there were Slate, the Slater brothers were there. Oh, yes. The Yawn brothers, the Riders, uh, <laughs> the Nesses. Um, so, yeah, we had nothing. It was just family, man. That's just, mm-hmm. that's what it felt like, too. What'd you guys do to like, just kill time, you know, with as strenuous as like that season can be, you know, what'd you do just to maybe get away from the sport or get a breather from it? I, uh, I learned hunting and fishing there. So now I'm, you know, I can't go back to the city anymore. Once I learned that from Minnesota, (laughs) we did did Frisbee golf quite a bit during the season, (laughs) golfed a little bit. Um, yeah, just kind of going outside, going outside a lot. Just kind of mm-hmm. get away. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm I'm a little surprised because Minnesota obviously is in Minneapolis, which is this big city, you know. So like going outside and doing these activities, um, I thought would be a little more difficult since you're in the city, you know. But yeah, we got away. I mean, you could drive 40 minutes and you run into like some big deer and you know, yeah. there's even bears, black bears and stuff. We're like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, this ain't too bad. And then we were fish on the Mississippi, um, right in campus there mm-hmm. as much as we could. But yeah, that's where, that's where that outdoor life started for sure. Yeah. So you never really fished before. Uh, well, probably not. You were in, well, I'd had to sneak into like the airport ponds, you know, like the, the fancy, <laughs> In in Chicago, I had to go to like the golf courses, sneak sneak in there at night. You know, that was all the fishing I got. <laughs> True, yeah. So like when you went up there, you probably didn't have much fishing experience. Yeah, the picture you sent me, what where was that from? With that big? Oh, fit? that was Alaska, actually. No uh, kidding. Yeah, one of my one of my teammates from Minnesota, actually, he's running a, a high school team up there too and he really dropped me up there last year so it was uh yeah that was that was a crazy place man love alaska how'd that dude and how do you end up in alaska we had uh there was an alaska kid when i first got there and then i don't know if it was just you know friend of a friend or something but mm-hmm. randy was uh he was my teammate and just 
hardest worker, man. Always training, always training. He's still doing that with his athletes over there. Jeez. Wow. Um, yeah. I want to ask how you ended up in, in Perry, you know, kind of tell that story, how you ended up in, in Perry, Iowa. Yeah, I was, well, right before this, I was at South Dakota state and, uh, that was, well, even before that, the Hawkeye wrestling club, I was just beat up, you know, and call, uh, Cody Caldwell called me, um, super, super loyal, you know, the, he's always going to put it, put it out on the line for his athletes. Like he was extremely awesome mentor. Um, and then I was with Damien Hahn, Cam Simons over there. And then, um, you know, like I was just a volunteer coach, which, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, like health insurance, I was beat up, man. I was still wrestling, still wrestling those guys every day. And, uh, you know, just kind of, kind of making do there. But I mean, I just had a great, a great opportunity to come up here to where I'm in the school now. Um, I'm working on getting a teaching certificate now, but I also, you know, being in the school, I get, get taken care of a little bit. And the youth, the youth parents are, have been awesome. Um, they're, um, they got some, some great kids too. Um, so I'm always around them. I'm always around them. And, um, it was just an opportunity that popped up and I was like, Hey, I'll just, I'll see what it's like. Um, you know, take the chance. I visited up here and, you know, it's just this small town feel again, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I'm getting closer to my family in Chicago, but I just wanted to be back in Iowa, um, with wrestling, with deer hunting, with, <laughs> uh, the small town feel, you know, I yeah. have a little farmhouse now and, um, it's just nice, man. It's just nice to get away and, um, yeah, be around the same kind of kids, you know, making, making sure they're getting a little bit better. And that's, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Right. It's right. Mm-hmm. Now what, what's, I'm curious, what, what's it like to be a volunteer assistant, you know, um, like you were saying, I mean, the health insurance, you, I mean, as a volunteer, you're not, are you not getting paid at all? Like you're strictly. I think they, yeah. I think they switched it though. Like it was part of the university, like to where you get paid as a regular assistant, but yeah, you just get a stipend and um, yeah, that's basically, basically what you're doing. And you're, you're an extension of the club for the most part uh, when it comes to, well, at least that's what it was like for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're doing the same things. You're, you get the same role as an assistant. Okay. You're doing a lot of recruiting still. You're doing you're like for Damien, it was a lot of individual attention. So that's why that's why I loved coaching in the first place is you know, take take a couple kids and um get to know them, you know, help them in a couple areas, you know, keep things simple and then and then it was it was actually awesome. You know, I had some kids you know, there was an all-American I coached. There was a kid in the round of 12 I coached. There was a kid, a couple. There was an uh, NCAA qualifier around the uh, the lighter weights. Mostly every year I was there. Mm-hmm. So it was it was uh, a great experience for coaching for sure. Yeah, successful. Um, I had uh, Clay Carlson on my podcast. Were you there? Yes. Were you there? Yes, yes. He's my yes. favorite man. It's a, really. Those farm kids, those milking kids, man, they ain't going to let you get away. They'll just grab you. and Right. 
relentless, man. He is, he was so physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was nice. I was really happy to see him get on the podium again this year and he's coming back next year. And did he, uh, did he ever yodel for you? Yes, dude. <laughs> Good. Shocking. Shocking. I, I was like, wow. I had him do it for me and I was like, wow. He's legit. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, he's doing a master's and it's just, you're, you're getting your master's too, aren't you? Isn't that what you're saying? Or are you just getting well, your just, just for uh physical education. I'm, I'm getting, I'm working on getting a certificate right now. So I'm going back to school for that too. Yep. Nice. Okay. So you are going back to school for your master's. It's just a teaching. I think it's oh, okay. a teaching license kind of thing. Okay. Endorsement. Gotcha. Yeah. So who you, what are you teaching right now at Perry? It's just a at-risk study hall. So okay. It's like an online database, but testing my patience, man. These kids, especially towards the end of the year, holy smokes. But the same kind of thing. You're getting to know them. You're trying to have them control their emotions, just like in the wrestling room. It always goes back to wrestling for me. So mm-hmm. they, yeah, they, you know, Some of these kids might be – they need a sport. They need an outlet, you know, so do. they might be able to – Kind of get an inside track to see, hey, why don't you try out for wrestling? You know, you have some things going on. Maybe this is a good release for you or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping some of them, I mean, they'll talk about it, but <laughs> we got to We got to keep them on the mat first. Yeah. When's your school year over? You know, it's the 25th. So yeah, the second. So next week, next oh, week. No kidding. Yeah. From, from today, I bet. Yeah. Or tomorrow. Wow. When'd you guys, second. when'd you guys start? That just seems a little. This seems a little late. Most most schools are done before Memorial Day or even like the week before. Yeah, well, we had some snow days. And what I just heard uh, is we can't start school until after the state fair for Iowa. So I, we start we start a little bit later. I think it's like <laughs> August, later in August, I think. Late August is when we start. You know, yes. So the Iowa State Fair is, is a pretty big deal. But in Minnesota, the Valley Fair is a big deal. Did you ever go to the Valley Fair? I heard about it. Yeah. Like, I've never been, but yeah, I've heard about it. I know it's a big deal, but it's tough, man. It's tough to to know which one. I love the Iowa State Fair, but Minnesota State Fair was they had them cookies, the bucket of cookies, and <laughs> yeah. Uh it was just like the last hurrah for the weight gain, especially before <laughs> I went to uh back into the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real quick, I guess I, I how was that weight cut going from 41 to 33 again? You know, why didn't you just stay at 41? Just because I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I was going back to my roots again and mm-hmm. getting, getting uh, leaner and, and a little bit more disciplined. And I thought, I thought I was just more comfortable at 133, but it was, it was rough. I think I got up to 160 or something. Wow. 162, 163. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was, it was tough. It was tough. But once you get it down, it's easier. Right. Um, do you have any like outrageous weight cutting stories? Like I'll give you an example for uh baseline. Um, I was wrestling at the uni dome for some tournament. I don't know. Um, and I was like a 10th or two over and I was like, I don't want to run. You know, I know it would have been like 20 minutes. What if I was like, no, I don't want to do it. So I cut my hair and I lost two tenths and I was right on weight. 
It wasn't yeah. a really nice haircut, but you know, good for you. You got it done yeah. the easy way. You got yeah. it done the easy way. <laughs> so, you know, uh, do you have anything like that where you were this close to weight and you were like, golly, let me try this? Well, I had to, I want to say it was like nine and a half pounds. It was like within two hours or an hour of weigh-ins. But I went to, because um, I wasn't the starter right away. Dave Thorne beat me. Mm-hmm. I went to a Cornell um, Open tournament. And then the, the starters were at Penn State for a dual meet. And me and Scott Schiller were just going to get matches and hang out with the team and, you know, be there for the team. But we did that Open tournament, and I, I weighed 133 at that point and then i got all the way up after that tournament i must have got yeah to 150 150 oh. right after 133 within the one day <laughs> within one day because I, pounds. I had to it might have been it was either seven it was seven to nine pounds that i had to cut to 141 so it might not have been 150, it might have been 149, maybe 148, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, my brother had a skin problem and they were like, all right, you're gonna have to step up here and and you gotta, you, I had to cut weight back down to 141 the next day. So That's I was good. pedaling and it was easy for me to sweat cause I was freaking huge, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Stuffing myself. And uh, I made weight for him, and the trainer, the whatever, didn't even catch his skin problem or anything. But I just remember I cut to 133, and then I had to cut for 141, and I just was so beat, man, so beat. You didn't even wrestle? I didn't even wrestle. But And then I cut a little bit, probably around 8 or – I think it was 8, 8.2, if I remember, and lost a lot of weight that morning for Penn State. And Egham was like, oh, gosh, I hope, you know, we just can't draw 133. And they drew 133, and I was done. I was so dead, so dead coming out in the mat. And then I wrestled for Penn State and or against Penn State. And I ended up actually winning just by one point. But it was, uh, yeah, Penn, at Penn State, I lost a lot of weight there. Just, <laughs> just trying to make weight. Ali, geez. Yeah. You know, as you were saying that, I was like, I wonder if they ever weighed for each other, you know, like, dude, Nick, I'm not going to make weight, you know, not like, in college. Not <laughs> no, I know that probably wouldn't fly, but <laughs> no. Well, once we had the tattoos, I think it was over, but right. I wish, I wish he would have weighed in for me, but that never was the case. I always probably had to weigh in for him. <laughs> is, he, is he just, like naturally bigger now, like just a little taller, just a little bigger, just a little filled out more. Yeah, I don't know. He just got it. I guess he got a little taller and a little bigger. But okay. during high school, when we had to flip a coin, our sophomore year, I think, just to figure out who would go lighter. And uh, ever since then, I was always the lighter one. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So you guys, you you were lucky to be in a position where you didn't have to like fight for a spot. It was always. Mm-hmm. You know, you both could fit in the lineup, I guess I should say. Yeah, we found a way to separate, and I was always the one losing the most weight. What the heck? But I also got more yes. injuries than them, too, so that just says says something. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like that 
was that what year was that when you had to cut down to 130 or you know you you got up to 150 and you had to cut down to 141 was that your freshman year that was my freshman year yeah okay. so yes, that was, yeah, like, i never understood like why didn't you just bump up to 41 i know i could have i could have i but i just wanted to i wanted to stay at that weight and mm-hmm. and then i did stay at that weight and Dave Thorne ended up beating me, but he um, rode his scooter in the wintertime and broke his wrist. And that's when I wrestled. <laughs> no kidding. That's when I wrestled Logan Steber. So I beat Logan Steber like a little bit after that. And then, uh-huh. and then I kind of um, found a way to kind of stay at that weight since then. Hmm. Well, yeah, that would give you confidence to stay at the weight too. If you, if you beat somebody like that, you're like, all right, that's my weight. Yeah, yeah. What, what's he doing riding a scooter around in the wintertime? I know. I know. You got to put those away. But we we had to. If my scooter wasn't running in the wintertime, I wasn't going to class. We were, always, <laughs> we were always buzzing around with those things. Even if we had to get our feet sliding on the ice, you know, we were just finding a way. Finding a way to ride those dang scooters. Wait a minute. So if you were start, you would start to slide a little bit, you'd use your feet to kind of. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We didn't, I didn't take many buses when I, I didn't take any buses when I was at Minnesota or, or walking to class. I was not walking to class either. You still have the scooter or what happens to the scooter once you graduate? Oh gosh. I think the funny thing was, is the cops called me about the scooter being parked like for a year and a half and the tow truck, came, <laughs> the tow truck came to go pick it up and the cop knew J Rob and was like, J Rod wouldn't be wouldn't be too happy with you right now, you know. And he let me get my scooter back, and I ended up like walking my scooter all the way home because it didn't start. Yeah, or was it registered <laughs> or something? Or, yeah. Dang. Do they still have the scooters? Do you know? I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure they do over there. Yeah. That would, must be nice. I know. They got way. a nice facility up there too in Minnesota. Yeah, they were due. They were due for right. it. The dungeon was was nice, man. It was nostalgic, but now the they dungeon. Got, yes. Yeah, the dungeon. That's where we wrestled. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice now. I've I've been up there a couple times. Yeah. They built it. Yeah. What's uh what's the season look like next year for you? You know, this will be, be your third year, correct? So you just Yeah, think- we we had one state qualifier, but we had like three guys that sh- lost in the, in a big match towards the end of the year, but we got some seniors coming back and um, there's probably three or four heavier guys. Probably they switched the weight classes now, but it's 95, right. 82. It was 82, but those, those kind of three, those kind of three heavier weights. And then, um, and then just trying to, trying to recruit and get some, get some, a full lineup in. If we can. Mm-hmm. What's your numbers like? Well, last year we started with like 45, 44. Okay. We ended the season with about 11. So, <laughs> so we beat, we beat them up a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but it'll be, yeah, there'll be a, there'll be a strong set of guys to start the season and end the season. I think this next year. Yeah. You know, I mean, to be honest, that kind of thing makes me think of uh Deion Sanders, you know, he took over Colorado and they went, they won what one game last year and, and now everybody's in the transfer portal. And it's like, well, you know, sometimes you gotta, 
clean house or, you know, you're doing yeah. something a certain way, like you are where you're kind of pushing them maybe harder than, than they're used to be pushed. And it's either they're going to stick around or not. For you sure. Know, they're going to stick around. Like you keep talking about loyalty, you know, mm-hmm. that seems yeah, big for you. Those 11 guys are going to come, come back. You know, we didn't lose too many guys and, you know, kind of, they kind of dwindle themselves out, but if they're not, it helps when those guys are saying, Hey man, you know, this is the expectation here. It's not, it's not just going to be me um, hounding them and trying to beat them up to get them out. It's those guys holding, holding each other accountable. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's going to become more, more and more fun. Yeah. I guess last mm-hmm. question for you. Why you, you, um, you know, you talk a lot about loyalty. Why is loyalty so big for you? Probably because um, probably because of my coach that I started out with, um, my family that's super super strong, and um, and my twin. Um, but I I don't know. I think it was just uh, just a lot of. Uh, just a lot of knowledge and self-awareness from, you know, like J-Rob, for instance, you know, mm-hmm. like military perspective, you know, you, you have these guys that are going to fight for you. And if you're not doing your part, then, you know, you're kind of letting them down kind of thing. But, you know, like you think about J-Rob, you think about Terry, you know, and it's kind of a, uh, it kind of emulates that a little bit too, you know? So um, I think that that has a lot to do with it. Uh, Just having that mentality of, Hey, you got your, you got your brother here, you know, or you got someone behind you that's wanting your spot even too. Mm -hmm. how are you guys going to help each other get better? Um, But yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing I think for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said. I mean, that's, and loyalty as a coach like it just kind of trickles down into your athletes like j-rob was probably as loyal as they come absolutely you know absolutely and that you know towards the end of his coaching career was always it was like that still you know even though there were some trouble kids on the team Mm -hmm. he kicked off one kid in his entire career i think wow Otherwise it was, and that was the kid who was causing, who was making a lot of trouble in, in the program that actually got him, you know, fired probably, but he kicked him off, you know, the rest of his college career, coaching career, the guys just, you know, they, they got themselves out of there. They weren't doing everything, you know, everybody else was doing, then, you know, guess what? You're not going to fit in very well, you know, but he was, old school and super, super loyal. And he was going to make sure that it was going to get handled in the program. But then you get a, you get some, some trouble, troublemakers in there. And then you got police and then you got reporters and then you got, but uh, yeah, super loyal. I bet you it was J-Rob. That's what, that's what helped me become or think, think about loyalty. Yeah. Did you go to ever his, uh, his intensive camps? I worked it for one year and that was all the, that was all I needed. <laughs> really? Because Oh, you probably had to as a wrestler. 
Yeah, freshman year. Freshman year, we traveled. We did the whole, you know, after the 30-day camp, we're moving all the mats. We're grabbing everything from the camp store, packing our bags, and we're going to the next one. And, um, yeah, he he got us to to work those at least one year. That was good <laughs> for me. He asked me after that, and I'm like, no way, man. Oh, really? So did you get a shirt then that said I did it? Because – no, not as a counselor, not as a counselor, but. Oh, that's kind of BS. All right. I know. <laughs> but we woke up at 6 a.m. and put him to bed at 11 p.m. So we should have, we should have gotten one. That's what I'm saying. I don't yeah. know. Man, yeah, those were probably rough for you as a counselor, just as rough as they were for the kids. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a lot. We were doing what they were doing, too. Yeah. Hey. Gosh, I wonder, do you know what he's up to? Well. No, um. I did see him around Iowa when I was around there. Uh, mm-hmm. So he stopped in that room, but otherwise I got to give him a call. Now that, you, now that you reminded me. Yeah. I just wonder what he's been up to these last few years. Just, you know, if he's still around the sport or if he's kind of hanging back in Florida, just retired, I, you know, I don't know. Just... he does need to rest up, man. He's, he's had <laughs> more surgeries than I've, I, I, yeah, I think he's had 75 out of any. Oh, other. my gosh. No way. He's like a walking um, piece of metal. He's like a robot. Holy cow. And you know what? I bet he'd still be doing it today. That's the crazy thing. He'd probably still be doing he it. He would. Today. He definitely would. That's nuts. Yeah. He well, was, I guess he probably got to be a little nuts. For sure. Yeah, we carried him, I think, a couple times like to move him because he was – he had some uh, infection in his knee, and it almost seemed like he was going to die on his chair, the coach's chair. Like at one point, I thought it w- thought what? it was going to be like that, but yeah, he got through it. He got through it, man. What? He had an infection in his knee, kind of like um, you know the story came out. Peyton Rob. Yeah, it was it was a, a strep in his knee is what J Rob had, but I think Peyton Rob had it a little bit worse. That was a little scary too. I heard about mm-hmm. that. Strep? Strep in his knee? Strep, yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That. Still crazy. Just. Hey, last, I guess this is the last question. If you were to wrestle Nick right now, who do you think, who do you think would win? Oh, I beat his ass. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> is he, he's still doing it? He's in Washington, right? He's, yeah, he's not, he's not doing it anymore. He, um. He's healthier than me, so I could tell he wanted to get back into it, you know. And yeah, I'm like, how in the heck can you, can you even see yourself doing this anymore? Because I train with, you know, I'll train or wrestle once, and I'm like just shot. Yeah, but uh, no, we we wrestled the last time. He might have. He, he yeah, we we battled. It was back and forth. Let's just say that. But yeah. I would I'd beat him. I'd beat. I'd get the first takedown for sure. <laughs> That's all you need nowadays, you know, the first takedown and you're like, all right, it's it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. It's when it's the last takedown is when you got a real situation on your hand. <laughs> yeah. What's he up to nowadays? He, uh, he's got a family now in, um, Morton, Illinois. Oh, Morton. Sorry. Yeah. That's Washington. <laughs> yeah. Morton. So it's close to Washington, but uh, yeah, he's just, um, trying to get, trying to get, um, uh, to be a DNR officer, I think is what he's waiting really? on. Yeah. Hmm. Is that, would that be a nationwide thing or would that be just a DNR of Illinois? Just Illinois. So Illinois. where he's at. Yeah. Okay. 
but we'll travel. We'll travel real soon and we'll do some camps together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. We got the Dordain's train camp coming up in a month. And are you doing anything before that? Um, just, uh, no, no, just okay. the kids could sign up is, is the one, the one month, one month away or so. Okay. And where can they sign up? I'll try to post that, like, you know, in the show notes or I'll you know mention that in the podcast that they can go here to sign up. The That'd be great, time. man. Yeah. It's on Facebook, um, mostly or social media, you could probably yeah. find it on there. Um, uh, but yeah, that'd be great, man. Hopefully some kids are listening up and want to go for in battle for three days. Yeah. You know, who else has a, um, a camp, um, that I, I've actually was going to try to get him on the podcast, David Thorne. Yeah. He has something up in Minnesota. He's got it going on, man. I'm yeah. actually going up there. So actually he's, I'm, I'm there for two days. So I'm running a, running some of his camp too. So. Oh, really? That's kind of the goal, man, is get what he's, I mean, he's got a farm. He's got, he's got his, uh, everything where, where, where he's at, you know? So I can't oh, wait to has, learn. He has the whole camp at his. Yeah. yeah he's got the shed. His kids stay where he's at. Um, he doesn't leave, you know, so he's, he's constantly in there and I, I'm really, really pumped to see that and learn from him too. But yeah, sign up for his camp and I'll, I'll be there in July, um, for two days and Dang. yeah. So needless to say, just cause your summer, just cause you got the summer off as a teacher, you're going to be busy. Oh yeah. <laughs> Always around the map. Never ends. Kelby. Really? Is it, is it ever going to end? Never. 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 Love it. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Chris Dardanes, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. Don't forget to check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And also, again, if you want to register for the Dardanes Trained 3-Day Summer Camp, you can also find the link in the show notes to register. Registration runs through June 22nd. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care. See you next time.